Welcome in one and all to the Pro Football Show for this Monday, May 11th. Hope all things are well and safe with you and your family. We've got some interesting topics we're going to get to today. Um, We've got Larry Warford released by the Saints, and we're going to get into the latest there and uh, who's interested and who maybe was interested but's not interested right now. We've got some some news around the league with guys uh, with um, talking to some coaches and things with their plans, utilization of players. So we're going to get into that. And then we're going to get into some players that, um, a few of them at least, that we think could, uh, I think, could be really good players that were late on draft picks. That may really surprise and help folks. Uh, this year, maybe unexpectedly in some cases, <clears throat> unexpected by most. So we'll get into that. Want to remind you, um, we've got a lot of information up on LandryFootball.com. Working on a lot more though. Uh, we've started obviously our roster breakdowns. Uh, working on um, uh, for Monday morning uh, at some point Monday, um, hopefully before noon. We'll get an updated list of the available free agents who's still out there, who could still plug holes. Um, we've got uh, some information on uh, roster analysis with late late picks that we're going to get into uh, and maybe some questions and answers for some teams that um, maybe made some moves this year, um, players that may be looking for rebound seasons, and, and who has the best – skill position units in the league. And, you know, we've got a lot of information there, some roster analysis that we're going to get in and have some fun with uh, and get you better prepared for the football season than you've ever before. Uh, Certainly got NFL draft information, recruiting boards. We cover the game of football from from the recruiting level to college football to the NFL. And it's why we do it uh, into personnel, into coaching, into the football minutia, because – the the key thing, and most people who really are into college football don't know the pro game very well, and it limits their ability to understand the college game optimally. And people that really are into pro football that don't study the college game don't really understand the pro game optimally because they don't know enough about the college game. So it's the ability to be able to study personnel and coaching from the high school level to the college level and, you know, evaluating players and how they're developed and how um, how the players look coming into to college ball and how they develop in college, uh, then how the draft process and how they play in the pro game, that's, that's the real key. That's what we try to do. We take you behind the curtain and let you into that. So make sure that you check that out at LandryFootball.com. All sorts of information that we're trying to provide for you. Got any questions, we can certainly answer them right here on this show. Uh, Go to contact Chris at LandryFootball.com, just like Kevin has uh, and does pretty often, does a great job. Um, That's the way you can participate to this show. So send us an email, and we will absolutely address it. But take advantage of the scouting season offer at LandryFootball.com today. It can get you uh, a peek inside to the world of football that no one else can to the degree that we can. Also check out the great folks at 401k Generation uh, as they are the experts in financial planning, um, money management, investments. Uh, They provide for you um, a path, a blueprint, 
um, to make sure that you're on track to your financial goals. So they're licensed in all 50 states, so give them a call today or a text at one 998 5879 Make sure that you're not only catching this show, but the college football show each and every day as well. Um, so flip on over and listen to that. Make sure that you get it to your phone each day, and you can do that by signing up for Landry Football's conference call. That'll get you this show as well as um, the college show each and every weekday. So um, I mentioned this a little bit on the college show today, but it, it bears mentioning again, and for those that maybe don't get a chance or won't get a chance to listen for a few days <coughs> to the college show today, uh, Dr. Falsey, the well-renowned Dr. Falsey, who everyone knows his name now as he's become a quasi-celebrity in this uh, day and age of um, uh, pandemic viruses. He was quoted and talked about, um, I think it was Peter King that had an interview with him about his thoughts on the season and how do you deal with it and what does this flu pandemic mean as it relates to football and this applies to the college game as well as the pro game but you know the the process of how it would work and I'm very curious how it's going to work if we get back and play and you know testing players prior to game uh, it, it in what sorts of rules are the league going to put in uh, that's pertinent to this season. If a guy tests positive prior to a game, pulled out, probably going to have to have independent folks. Going to be real interesting. Can you imagine? And the regular season is one thing. You're out two weeks. Think about this for a second. You're lining up. And I'm just going to throw it out because they won the Super Bowl last year. Kansas City is lining up. They've had a great season. And Patrick Mahomes tests positive for the coronavirus. And it's their first playoff game. It's that they get a bye and they're playing their first playoff game. Boom. Quarantine for two weeks. Season's over right there. You, They're going to be a people that like to gamble on games, people that, I mean, look out for that. Tell me that's not going to happen. don't know. You tell me. Is that something that the league is going to say, hey, you know what, this is our – and I'm using Kansas. It could be anybody. You know, this is our – our feature game and our big game, and boom, star guy's not going to play. Look, it's one thing to – I mean, we see this, and we've seen this with certain players. I think we saw it with Cam Newton in the playoffs with the concussion protocol. You know, their Super Bowl run. They didn't pull Cam Newton off the field. Clearly concussed. Everyone can see it. Now, the integrity of the league, do, do, do you know? Can you say, hey, wait a minute. You know, it's playoff time, close to the end of the season. You know, 
regular season may be one thing. You get into the playoffs. It's a big moment. How's that going to look? How's that going to play out? Because you're not going to know it's going to be held secret to who tests positive. I mean, we're not going to know until somebody says it. So do you just say, hey, let's keep this quiet? play. Uh, how's that going to play out? Be real interesting. Going to be real interesting. Um, and then, of course, you know, you put somebody the neg- uh, on the other side, you put somebody on the field, it's going to expose other folks. Well, you know, they're healthy and they're fine. Maybe, but maybe they go home and bring it to somebody. I, you know, from a medical standpoint, you have to understand I respect the medical folks and the scientists that say this is not healthy. It's not, not, uh, shouldn't do this. It should be quarantined. Should do. I also understand the people that right now in society, their lives are getting ruined. The, the economy is getting destroyed. And, you know, saying, hey, we, we got to figure out individually how we can manage both and have some happy medium. I mean, wh- I mean, I get it. I hear it. I don't understand the details of the, the virus of other than what I'm hearing, but it's an issue. It's a big time issue, folks. And I, you know, one of the things that is so disappointing, not surprising, but so disappointing is how it's become almost violently political. And I think it's not good for anybody. Because we got to figure out how to do both. we got to figure out how to make sure that the economy doesn't tank. We've got to make sure how people are healthy. How do we do that? I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if that is possible. I mean, I, I, I don't have that answer. We're going to have to work through this in in the whole I've said before the whole hey we're gonna play Chris or we're not gonna play that's <laughs> start on time that's maybe less of an issue than how do we deal with it during the season I do think that there's going to be a concerted effort if you had to take a guess at it there's going to be a, a, a considerable <clears throat> testing practice that's going to put test players and I think put them on the sideline for training camp, preseason, if we have all you know this on time. Let's just assume that we do. And I think the regular season. I do think they'll say, hey, look, these guys test positive. They're out. But here's the thing is we're not going to know. Somebody still may be asymptomatic. Well, you can't detect those guys. They eventually are going to get tested positive, you think. When they test positive, they're out. And they're out for two weeks. I think there'll be something along the lines of that. I think that's how we're going. And that's one thing. That's like an injury. That's, you know, that's how we're going to have to treat it. But again, come playoff time, 
Well, they look at, oh, I, I think that there's going to be an issue with the player, potentially, that may be set for the playoffs. But a star player, hmm, star quarterback, hmm, how do we deal with that? Going to be real interesting. Uh, I, I know the medical folks are going to say, look, I, you know, I'm going to make the best medical recommendation possible. And that's that. Um, but we all know that there's some other issues. And listen, which is, that's one issue. This is professional football. I've made the case that it's a bigger issue in college because what's going to happen is now you're putting players on the field and at risk, risk with other players that are not, paid and and that becomes an issue of amateurism which is a big part right now going on in college athletics and <clears throat> it just further says these guys are treated just like pro athletes as employees i think there are, there are bigger hurdles and bigger issues to deal with other than oh well we're gonna get back and we're gonna play i think we got a problem so Imagine now, imagine this, because we can manage this through preseason and regular season in the NFL. It might not. It might determine who can make the playoffs or not. It might, you know, um, affect the seeding. It could have a great deal of effect. But, you know, who's the healthiest during the playoffs has always been a big part. This just throws in a a, a a ominous illness that could have a tremendous effect throughout the season. But think about this in college football. You're out two weeks, and you're in the meat of your schedule, and you're at a Clemson. You're at a Alabama. You're at a Georgia. You're at an Ohio State. That might have a tremendous impact. Maybe, now, you know, in one regard, if it's one or two players, well, if it's one or two players and you're at Ohio State, you're, you know, you, you probably shouldn't affect you against Rutgers or Maryland. Should be able to win that game. Should be able to win it with backup quarterbacks, running back, whatever. So maybe less effect in the college game, depending on who you're playing. But if it happens prior to a big game, how big how how big is that? How much of a game changer is that? Big time. So it's gonna have an interesting effect, and I thought that, you know, he made some comments that were intriguing because he's talked about it in a general sense with regard to fans showing up and all that. Look, I mean fans showing up is a big thing. It needs to be handled, and that's a that's an economic issue. I'm aware of the importance. That's just not that's just my th- not my thing. My thing is about the game on the field between the white lines. And that's going to be affected too. Who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing. And that could tremendously impact how this season looks like. Now, again, probably more of an impact in the pro game because things are more, you know, even in terms of rosters, whereas college, there's a distinct difference. But 
in college, you lose your star quarterback right before the game of a big game. It flips the game the other way. There you go. They win their division, you lose. I mean, it's, you know, one game is going to make or break you more in college than in the NFL. Um, But depends upon what that game is. So, you know, it's, it's, folks, it's just going to be an interesting season. It's not just an interesting offseason getting into the season. It's going to be real interesting to see how this plays out during the year, how this is managed through the year, and the complexities of it. Um, it's a real-life issue, a real serious issue that's a health-related issue. In an era where there's health and safety of players, that emphasis of that at the college level, the pro level, the high school level, and we're getting ready to put them on the field with a virus and spreading it and making decisions. Aren't we doing that too? We're deciding whether to go back to work, risk getting in, uh, sick and spreading it versus the economy. It's the same thing happening in football because it's the economics of football versus the health of football, just like it's the economics of society versus the health of society. So it's going to be interesting. Over into some football discussions today, I want to talk about Larry Warford, who was released by the Saints. We kind of thought that would be the case. Um, after they drafted Cesar Ruiz. You look at the salary cap number, clear $7 million cap space. So we talked about a couple of things. Likely wasn't going to take a restructuring of a deal, but I'm sure they went down that path with him. The player, Larry Warford's a really good player. He's a starting caliber guard. It would have been really good situation for the Saints, football-wise, to have Warford and Ruiz, and McCoy, and Pete, as I've said before, having four guys, and I've said this around draft time, having four guys to really help you because Pete can go out and play tackle, that that really was the best thing football-wise. However, financially, it just didn't make sense and not certainly not going to get him to rework his deal down. He's 29. He graded out well last year, and he's deserving of getting whatever he can get on the open market. So he will. More on that in a second. But it puts the Saints in a precarious situation. They're going to be starting um, two young guys, McCoy, a second-year center, and Ruiz at the right guard spot, and um, Pete at left guard. Um. Again, this puts the Saints in that the one thing that derails this team and has derailed this team or certainly has caused leakage when they're on a nice run is their offensive line play when they've had injuries. And so what can they do with that extra money? Can they sign a veteran that can plug and play if and when you have an injury because you've had them? And it could be the injury at tackle. So your third tackle, your your 
your backup interior offensive lineman, your your fourth guy there. That that's going to be pivotal for the Saints. Again, now that Warford's gone, who can be that guy? The other thing is, could they use that to maybe shore up another position? We'll be following that for you. The Bears showed some interest in Larry Warford. The Texans have shown some interest in Larry Warford. Looks like the Bears are going to pass. Um, I don't know that um, that they feel the need to pay. I think Larry Warford's in a situation where he's going to be looking for starting money and a starting opportunity. And unless that's clearly there. Um, the, the Bears signed Jermaine Effetti in March and added two offensive linemen in the draft. Um, Effetti is going to compete with Rashad Coward at right guard. Now, they look at what they've signed both of those guys to, you know. Now, again, certainly you look at Warford, and he's grading out better than both of those guys. Uh, is is no question a better football move. But you're dealing with some cash outlay, some cap outlay into those positions. It makes it complex. So he'll find work. But it's not as simple as just go out and sign the guys fans tend to think. Um, now, Nick Easton, Easton is um, the top reserve for the Saints at all three spots. Um, and so that's a that's a you know guy that can play center. He can play left guard and play right guard. So he's he's the most important lineman on the team not starting. The Jacks signed Mike Lennon in a move that was certainly underwhelming. Um, it says that Gardner Minshew is the guy. Mike Lennon is strictly just a backup, holy over, very, very limited. Uh, now, Doug Marone's really happy with him. Uh, and Jay Gruden got good words from his brother John who coached him in 19 he was with the Raiders so um and they liked him coming out of NC State look Mike Glennon is just a, he's a physical guy he's got decent arm strength and I do think that as he's gotten a little more experience he's you know a decent player I mean he's a, he is a decent player um as a backup the more you play him, the worse it gets. But he fills that role pretty well and is cost-effective. And word out of Seattle, Pete Carroll says that um, Stephen Sullivan, who's late pick, the big receiver, H-back, tight end, LSU, 6'5", 250. You really see him as a receiver. Uh-huh. Guy's got some athletic ability. They see him as a tight end. They see him as that matchup tight end type of guy. So that's where they're going to train him. That's the position meetings he's going to go to. He's got good length. Um, they feel that you know he's got some concentration issues. Um, but they feel like you know he could be 
a Jared Cook type player develop and, and certainly be a red zone threat. Certainly make the practice squad, if nothing else. Talented guy uh, that they feel can be a receiving tight end. At Pittsburgh, it looks like um, things are progressing nicely for Ben Roethlisberger, getting ready for the season over. Um, he's throwing in that rehab schedule. And long-term health is the issue that I think in Pittsburgh. We talked about it, and I think we had a question late last week that kind of addressed it. You know, and I still think they're in bad situation. I thought they coached well around their quarterback situation last year. It just showed that that's that's it. That's that's as good as you're going to get with the quarterbacks that they have. And um, they obviously didn't feel good about anybody that was out there and available to them as they've not made a move to upgrade that spot. But the health of Big Ben is everything, and it makes the Steelers a contender or not, depending on how his health plays out. Um, Jarek McKinnon getting an update there. Um, Jarek has not resumed cutting yet. That was a big part, so the folks in San Francisco are worried about um, how that's going to play out. But his base salary slashed from 6.8 and. 910 following two seasons lost to injury. So he's in the prove-it mode. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Jason Peters, free agent left tackle. He's working out, plans to play this season. He's 38. Spoken to the Eagles, but he's keeping his options open. He's battling some injuries in recent years. I think he thinks he can get a a one-year deal uh, and, and certainly get a chance to play with somebody. And certainly if somebody gets injured, um, you know, the Chargers would make some sense. Um, you know, I think a, a team that can be pretty good that's looking for a fit at left tackle, uh, that's a starter because he's going to want a starter type money for one year. That's where you need to look. Uh, but, again, it depends upon how you feel about maybe a young guy that you have that you might say, hey, Peter sounds good, but we think this young guy by midway through the season is going to be a really quality starter and he's much more affordable. That's how you have to make these decisions. Uh, this day and age. Over in Cleveland, the Browns uh, wide receiver Rashad Higgins uh, looks like uh, he's got an advantage in three wide receiver sets over Donathan Peoples-Jones. Um, I think the fact that he's got some chemistry with Baker Mayfield, uh, there's not going to be the ability to develop that chemistry with young guys. So it's something that it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, with young guys, and some are going to be forced into action. But the ability to get some time together with quarterbacks, you know, what is Baker Mayfield going to do? Is he going to have that – is he going to have the, um, like, other quarterbacks around the league? Some of them will get their their receivers together, and, you know, they'll get together someplace, and they're going to be working out, and they're going to be doing things together, and – Maybe quiet, maybe off the radar, but they can do those things. You know, is Baker Mayfield the type that's going to do that? Be interesting to see. Uh, developing chemistry is going to be really important. Um, the Bengals are looking at the possibility of approaching Joe Mixon to a long-term deal. Makes sense. Guy's been a really good player. You want to lock into a long-term deal right now. Uh, he's really going to be important to the success of their offense and it's going to be a lot cheaper now and he's if you sign him now you can 
get good value of him long term. Even if he were to get injured, you've got some protection there on how you structure a deal. But giving him money now is, look, if you don't, then you basically are saying, all right, we're going to finish out his contract and we got to find his replacement. They've got to, you've got to really jump on these guys, particularly at the running back position earlier. No question about what's going on in, in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes going to be the highest paid player in the league. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I know that the Texans have begun talk with uh, Deshaun Watson on their deal. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think Watson's going to surpass Russell Wilson's deal, and I think that Mahomes is going to pass that. It's going to be interesting. I talked a little bit about the signing of Frank Gore with the Jets last week and how it might affect Le'Veon Bell. I think it certainly makes a lot of sense to have the the depth at that position. But I wonder, I wonder, for the right price, if Joe Douglas – because remember, it wasn't Joe Douglas that made the move. It was Mike McCagnett made the move for Le'Veon Bell. Um, would Joe Douglas, and particularly Adam Gase, like to move Le'Veon Bell? I think that is definitely in play there. Um, for the right price, I think they would. Um, some news that, again, not big news, but just an FYI, the teams have mentioned last week or signing their draft picks the Panthers signed Derek Brown and Bill signed Gabriel Davis and Jake Fromm and AJ Epineza so those things are gone um just some thoughts um on the process um if you look at um Derek Brown run stuffer that can have an impact uh Gabriel Davis and Buffalo can prove his route running ability. Jake Fromm is a backup. Bills, um, it's a really good looking player. Um, and AJ Epineza that I think can really help them. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I want to get in and I'm going to take over this tomorrow. Talk about, um, I teased it a little bit, but I'm going to talk about some of the top players, or excuse me, some of the late round drafted players that could have. Uh, an impact this season. I'm going to get to that tomorrow. And I think it's a good topic to get into as we always have some of those guys. Um, want to end it up with Kevin with the question with respect to Mike McCarthy on what he wants to do with the Cowboys offense. Is it clear and convincing that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton? Yes. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about it in any offense that you're running uh, that, you know, Dak Prescott's better. Now, the issue is the cost and getting a deal done with Dak. It's a moot point because the Cowboys have kind of gone down a rabbit hole and they're going to sign Dak Prescott. And they're going to, in rest of respect, as I've explained, overpay because they put themselves in this situation. Um, Andy Dalton, um, and I know the theory is, well, all you got to do is hand off and you're good. This is a, No. You've got to be able to make plays in the passing game. And if the Cowboys are going to be competitive, um, if they don't sign Dak, you know, what they've got in Andy Dalton is an experienced starter that absolutely could work the short passing game with accuracy, can work play action, can maybe work downfield some. Can he be effective? Yes. 
can he be good enough? No. I mean, to, to advance where they want to advance? No. Now, is a guarantee that Dak can do it? No guarantees. Never any guarantees with anything. But is it clear and convincing that Dak Prescott is better? Yes. But it's not as simple as, is he better? The better question would be, is Dak worth all that money, or would they be better off spending their money somewhere else? Well, as I've explained before, you do have to do one of two things. You have to sign Dak a couple of years ago, or if he doesn't want to bite on a long-term commitment, then you need to have been shopping for his replacement so that you're not relying on just Andy Dalton to be your answer because Andy Dalton's not the answer. Um, and it's just – so let me just – let me just explain it this way, because, you know, when I explained that and said with uh, two, three years ago that Dak, you should sign him, and, you know, you don't know. I mean, you don't know what they if he wants to or not, but you got to be prepared for it in today's game. So let's take it this way. The Cincinnati Bengals let go Andy Dalton because his captain almost too high, and they drafted their quarterback. Joe Burrow don't know how things are going to play out this year, and how much work he's going to get in preparation for the season. But I, I'm going to want to work. I mean, not not right away, but I'm, by year two, this guy continues, you know, he does what I expect him to do, not set the world on fire, but just play decent ball. By year two, in the offseason, I'm going to get a long-term deal done with Joe Burrow. Why? I got leverage. He wants – a better second deal. I can put more money in his pocket now, generational type money. He's got to weigh that versus the risking of significant injury or, you know, he regresses, team gets bad, and he struggles. You know, he's 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 going to get a second contract. He's going to get a big second contract. I'd like to get it done as soon as possible. Okay, in realistic terms. So that way I can – I mean, you can't – on the rookie contract, you can't do anything. But certainly, after one year, two years, you can work towards a second contract. Get it done. Lock him in. It's going to be cheaper for you because the closer he gets to free agency, he's got the leverage. So that's the difference. I don't know that Joe Burrow's going to be generationally great. I think he's going to be really good. I do. But, you know, how great will be determined over time. But I'm going to lock him up so that I don't let him get the leverage. Because if I lock him up, I've got some protection. I've got my quarterback. I can certainly, at the right spots and the right player, draft a guy and back up and for protection behind him. But if, if he doesn't want to sign a deal in two years... By the time you get into that third year, I got to start looking for a, a, an alternative to Joe Burrow because he might finish out his contract and go sign somewhere else. He has a right to do that. So I got to make sure that I'm prepared to have somebody other than Joe Burrow because I can't make him sign an extension. Okay, I sure as hell. I can I can use the franchise tag, no doubt. But you know, you you run that risk on the back end. I, I tend to be proactive. 
and not reactive. So I get your point, your question, is Dak worth the money? I mean, it's probably what you're saying. Is Dak worth the money versus the cheapness of what Andy Dalton is? You're probably getting a better bang for the buck with Andy Dalton, but you're not – you don't have a good enough quarterback. Whereas Dak is good enough, he can make more plays for you if you need him. You know, is, can he make as many plays as the elite quarterbacks? Is he – is he – in the category of Patrick Mahomes, no. He's not. Is he as good as Deshaun Watson? No. He's going to get that type of money, though. That's that's the, the issue. That's where people are going to have some problems with it. That's a Dallas issue that they've misplayed. Uh, the Titans thumping of the Ravens in last year's playoffs. Did the Titans provide a blueprint of how to defend Mar Jackson and the Ravens' offense? Um it's always a blueprint when you have success. But unless you have the personnel to do what that team did, it, it, it the blueprint is fine. But you have to have the construction crew to make sure that that blueprint is executed. So, look, I mean, it's – you have to take away – I don't think that blueprint defined it. I think the blueprint to defend the Ravens – is defined well before that. Just nobody could do it. Um, you got to prevent the play extension from Lamar Jackson. You've got to keep him in the pocket. And you've got to defend the areas right in front of him. Meaning you've got to defend the intermediate middle of the field. And and you've that's where he's going to look to throw from within the pocket, and you keep him in the pocket. You defend that, and you and you keep him from escaping. He's not the same quarterback. He's not a guy that's going to be able to work all parts of the field unless he can extend, unless he can create. Because when he creates, that creates spacing and coverage. But in a a drop back game, if you can keep him in the pocket, you got a different ball game. In, a, in an easier player to defend. Easier said than done. Okay, executing that's the biggest issue. So it's not the blueprint as much as it is the, the building of that plan and the execution of that plan is the key. Hey, good questions there. Appreciate it. You got a question, send it over to me at contactchris at landryfootball.com. Also, a reminder, again, about the great folks at 401k Generation they are the experts in making sure that you're reaching your financial goals. So make sure that you get in touch with them today uh, at one 998 5879 They're licensed in all 50 states. So give them a call today. Experts, money management, investments, they are the ones you need to reach out to. Also, um, check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest inside information and analysis inside the film room. A um, lot more information that we can get to, but uh, recruiting boards, draft boards, early draft boards, uh, roster analysis, we got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you check it out today. Hey, appreciate you joining us again. Make sure that uh, you check out everything at LandryFootball.com and sign up for this podcast and flip on over to our college podcast, and you can make sure it goes to your phone 
by signing up for Landry Football's conference call. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Be safe.